Give it up for Cornbread Harris. This is live from Studio One on Jazz 88. I'm Emily Reese. Our guest is James Samuel Cornbread Harris Sr., a blues pianist and singer here in the Twin Cities. Cornbread is 91 years old, so he's played a gig or two in his time. He came to Jazz 88's Studio One to talk about his life and to play some tunes for us. So um, we're just going to talk for a little bit about your musical journey, your life, and what you've got coming up, because you always have something exciting coming up. Oh, I do. Yes, you do. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. These people know more about me than I know about myself. Well, you've got a, a holiday thing you're doing at Hook and Ladder, right? You've you got, got oh, see, information. See, yes, <laughs> I am. Yep. I'm doing a Christmas show, mm-hmm. December the twentieth. Yes. At the Hook and Ladder. Here's a tune Cornbread wrote called "Blue, Blue, Blue, Blue Blues," and he played it live in Studio One here at Jazz Eighty Eight.
That was Cornbread Harris playing Blue, 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 Blue Blues on Jazz 88's Live from Studio One. I'm Emily Reese. Cornbread talked about how he first got interested in playing music. Everything in my life just runs together. People, oh, what year did you do this? What year did you do oh, that? Yeah. What year? Man, I've been so busy since I retired from, you know, now I'm busier than ever. Yeah, yeah. That's so, good, though. you got to keep playing. That's what I have to. I have mm-hmm, to. Mm-hmm. When did you start playing? When Was piano your first instrument that you ever played when you were I little? I played drums. Okay. And, and then uh, I learned how to play piano a little bit. Then I l- learned a little guitar, and that helped me with my piano because the guitarists are always playing these chords. And, mm-hmm. they, and I found out that I could play these chords on the piano just as well as they can play the chords on the guitar. So I just plunk my chords out, plunk, 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 plunk. And then I, whatever the melody is of the song is, those chords match up and give me my background and harmony, and mm-hmm. I'm ready to go. So once you learned that you could do guitar chords on the piano, did you just want to keep playing piano and you didn't want to play guitar anymore? Oh, yes, yes. I, I, I ended up with no more drums, a little bit of drums, not very much. Guitar, hardly nothing. Mm. And piano was my number one instrument now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How old were you, do you think, when you started playing piano? I would say 21. Oh, wow. Okay. Because I took lessons, I suppose, 16, 17 years old because my grandparents thought I should have culture. And they figured music would be a nice thing to give me some culture. Mm -hmm. So I went to St. Bernard's School and the nuns there, that's a Catholic school, out Ray Street, down from the Capitol. And it was all right except you're playing the piano and you Oh, oh, you made a mistake. Well, you, I knew I made a mistake. I didn't have to have my hand slapped with a ruler. Right. You know, man, I, I knew I made the mistake. But so I said, no, I'm not going to do this no more. Mm. So I quit going to lessons. I didn't tell my grandparents. <laughs> Sneaky. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I was buying candy and ice cream and stuff for my friends with the money. Oh, for the money for the lessons? Yeah, my money from the lessons. There you go. And so now uh, the the money for the lessons was more than I could spend. And so I had to start hiding the money because I was starting to build up, see? Right. <laughs> and so it, it worked all right for, I don't know, maybe two, three weeks. Mm-hmm. And then the teacher called up the house. Uh-oh at the time that I was supposed to be at lessons and ask, where's Jimmy? James Samuel Harris Sr. Well, Jimmy was known as that in those days. And my grandmother says, he's at music lessons. And the teacher said, oh no, he isn't. I'm the teacher and he is not here. When I got back from what was supposed to be my lessons, my grandmother didn't say nothing. Oh, no. That's almost worse. Oh, she didn't say nothing, mm-hmm. you know. And then later on in the day, she questioned me. 
gee, you keep playing the same song over and over all the time. And well, then I did tell the truth there. The teacher was very strict, you know, <laughs> and I had to get this one before I could get another one. Otherwise, you know, so I went out the next week, had my, my money, and, you know, and bought the stuff. And my, my friends were, you know, oh, there's a song about that, too, when you got friends and, you know, when you got the money, when your money's gone. There's no more friends either. <laughs> yeah. uh, several songs like that. Yes. So anyway, um, I came back, and uh, how did the lessons go? Oh, oh, they they went good. I got the song down, and they gave me a new song. So I turned to this page that I didn't know nothing about, <laughs> and I start stumbling through this new song. And uh, she said, "Didn't say nothing." Then next week, I'm getting ready to go. She said, no. She said, where are you going to listen? She said, no, you haven't been going. Uh, and I'm going to tell your granddad. Oh, no. Oh, no, yeah. My granddad was a disciplinarian mm. of the family. Because, you know, in, in marriages, you know, everybody's got roles. Yes. And raising children, everybody's got roles. Yep. And he was a disciplinarian. So that took another week, you know, because he was a railroad man, and so he wasn't home every day at a certain time. And so he came in off of the railroad, and she told him about me and what I was doing. And then he didn't say nothing now. <laughs> he, so the next week he comes in from the thing. He said, your grandma told me what you were up to, and you know that's not right, and you're gonna get punishment. So then he goes in and out on the railroad a couple times, I don't get the punishment. And so now I had, I'm anticipating right. this punishment that's gonna <laughs> come to me. Well, <laughs> he comes in one time then after a couple of times, he said, go down to the basement. Uh-oh, here it is, here it is. Well, at least it'll be over, you know. Yeah. So I go down to the basement. He goes into the bathroom. It's upstairs. He comes down the basement with a razor strap. Oof. Ooh. You got the right word there. Yeah. Yeah. So he comes down the basement with the razor strap. He didn't say bend over or nothing. He just, anywhere that he happened to reach when he swung that sucker, that's where I got hit. Oh, man. Oh, man. He wore me out. Oh, rough. And then he, he had, now that I'm grown, I can talk this way, like, oh, you're tough. You ain't going to cry, huh? Pow, you know? And then boom, pam, boom, boom. What you crying about? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So anyway... I, since I'm grown again, I'm into what a blessing that was. I said, what? Cornbread, what do you mean? What kind of blessing? Of certain, giving you a, a whipping with a razor strap? Yeah. I said, yep, that was a blessing because I didn't have to go to music and get my hands beat up anymore. <laughs>
I just, uh, just quit doing music, you know. But since uh, I was born bull-legged and pigeon-toed, a cripple, and I went to Gillette Hospital and had my legs broke four or five times, put no in casts, rehabilitated, broken because they weren't quite like they were supposed to be again. So by this time, 18, 19, so I'm supposed to be going to school, and I'm saying, no, I'll go to the service. Mm -hmm. So I, I missed my last semester or whatever of, of high school and went to the service. I got credit for that, you know. Mm -hmm. And I had been recuperating from all this leg breaking and stuff, see? Yeah. And so I did, figured I'm 4F, they wouldn't take me. But mm. they did. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, they took me. And so after this leg breaking and, and they gave me all this therapy, I was able to walk. Now, people don't give that too much credence Mm -hmm. That you can walk? Mm -hmm. Do you thank God every day that you can walk? No, you never give it a thought. But it was a big thing to me. And so when, once I was able to walk, then I was able to walk fast. Then I was able to run a little bit. And so I thought, I'm going to be a great athlete. That's the way I figured it out. And so... I got on the baseball team, the football team, the track team, hockey. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. After all that with your legs, you were able to recuperate and get out there and do all that stuff. Aha, uh -huh. I didn't really get to do it. I was on the bench most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> and now the point of attack is behind the back. Turn in any way that you choose. Time off, don't hurry back. Haven't got anything to lose. Eat at his table, your children and you. He's very, very able and he wants to do for you. Go ahead and hurt him. You know you got it made. You can always ask him, how you doing, babe? Never, never tell him the way that you feel. Please don't tell him that your love is not real. Promise to love him until the end. When you cut out, ask him, can't we still be friends? Change your mind. Apologize. Tell him you did not wait all night. Put him through some changes. Make him pay his dues. You find out he really loves you. Teach him the deeper blues.
That was Cornbread Harris playing a tune of his called Deeper Blues. Cornbread is our guest on Live from Studio One here on Jazz 88. When Cornbread was young, doctors repeatedly broke his legs to repair his bow legs and pigeon toes. That didn't deter the military from assigning him to the infantry. I got in the service then after I had got all this recuperation and able to sit on the bench on these different teams. <laughs> never lettered, never got a jacket, never, never, you know. Yeah. But I was on the teams, so there's my wish to be an athlete. <laughs> <laughs> so when I got in the service, they got me into the infantry. No kidding. Oh, yeah. Once they got me into the infantry, then that's when I began to strengthen, really strengthen up, because they, you really got that full field pack and everything. You got to do all this marching for miles and miles. Mm-hmm. So when I got out of the service, I had a neighbor named Mr. Brown, and he was a, a champion boxer in Minnesota, and he was teaching kids. He told me, you know, you, you should box. Oh, I said, yeah, sure. And then I got a champion here teaching me too? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So I went in there and practiced up and did my little bob and weave. Well, no, I didn't do that because I, they taught me that later. <laughs> but anyway, I did my <laughs> whatever, shuffle or whatever. I called, later on, it was called Ali Shuffle, you know, somebody who did famous that would doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. But the problem was that I won three fights in a row. No kidding. Yeah, that's not, that was a problem. <laughs> See? Because I began to get the big head. Ah. Mm-hmm. Out of all this struggling and with couldn't walk, crippled and the whole thing, now here I am fighting in the ring, won three fights. Oh, yeah. Man, I'm up on top. So the fourth fight, I don't know who the guy was. I don't know. I don't really want to remember him, you know. <laughs> but, but he whipped me up. But then the bad thing about that was, at the end of the fight, the referee held my hand up. How come? And I said, this don't make no sense at all that I get beat up like this and I won the fight. Yeah. I said, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. Huh. So now my athletic ambitions are waning. Yeah. Yeah, And oh, no. So he comes to me, of course, naturally. You know, geez, you didn't come to the uh, session to, you know, rehearsal and practice and Mm -hmm. last week. And I said, yeah, I said, I I guess I'm going to quit. Oh, you're going to quit? Oh, you know, you know. You're one of my star guys. Now, you know, not three, you won four fights now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I said, I didn't feel like I won that last one. Mm-hmm. He said, well, here, this is where the bob and weave comes in at. I'm going to teach you how to bob and weave because that, that's the only thing you're lacking now because you're a good puncher, you know, mm-hmm. and you, you can, if the guy jabs for you, you can be, you know, catch it and hit him before he can pull his arm back and all that. So I learned how to bob and weave. <laughs> so now, the four, five, fifth fight, he says, he tells me before the fight, he said, this guy's a little tougher than the people you've been fighting. Oh, well, then that reminded me of my last fight. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so anyway, but I can bob and weave now. So he's telling me that this is going to save me. Yeah. Shoot. Man, I'd bob, boom. Then I'd weave, pow. <laughs> then I'd bob, boom, boom. Pow, weave, boom, boom, boom. I said, oh, come on now. <laughs> Man. So I, I gave it up. I gave it up. Yeah. And that's when I remembered my little couple of notes that I could play from the teacher. Mm-hmm. My song was da 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 and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I could play that song pretty decent. And then I had been with friends that you know, had, could play you know, yeah. oh yeah, play yeah. the heck out of that song. And then they, they, they had this boogie wee thing. That was that was one of my really swinging tunes, you know, and I could put a little bit of tinkle at the top over that. And so I went to Smith's Music Company, like I said, and got a guitar book then. So that's where the guitar comes back into it. Gotcha. And learned the chords and transferred them to the piano and started my little doon, 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 doon. And I found out, oh, this is a certain chord. That's a certain chord. This is a certain chord. And a chord is all over the whole piano. And so I found out, well, hey, instead of just staying here, I could go here, then I could go, then I go, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah, so it just, it just freed me up. I started getting mu- sheet music with the guitar chords on it. So I Me never sh- learned how to play the piano with the piano notes. I play from the guitar chord, and then I just add lib. Just see this, <laughs> just add lib. When it snows next winter, don't come hanging round me. When it snows next winter, don't come hanging round me. Gonna lock my door, throw away the key. You're listening to Live from Studio One on Jazz 88. I'm Emily Reese. Our guest is 91-year-old Cornbread Harris, a blues pianist and singer who's played for decades around the metro and beyond. Cornbread was part of Augie Garcia's band in the 50s. Augie is referred to as the godfather of Minnesota rock and roll, and the band had a big hit called Hi-Ho Silver. I played with Augie Garcia at the River Road Club in Mendota, Minnesota. That must have went on for two, three years. Uh, We packed the house, I don't know, three, four nights a week because Augie was such a showman. And uh, 
He had his own stuff and way of playing and stuff. And since I had been teaching myself, and I know I'm on a learning curve, but the curve is still going up. I'm still learning, see? And so I learned his way of playing. So I got to be a regular guy in the band. And pretty soon he started allowing me to play blues. That, that's where Hi Ho Silver came from. Dig that up. Here he comes now. Ooh, that's a lone ranger. And he's singing Hi Ho, Hi Ho Silver. Big time song now. So we record and everything in the house and the record comes out and it's a good hit record and everything. So we were doing quite well with the Augie thing and so we started getting gigs up and down West 7th Street. Kit Can and all them robbers, burglars, murders and everything. They weren't too bad when you got to know them. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Especially if they were in your corner, you know. Sure. Yeah. St. Paul was a kind of safe haven for them. They'd go out and do their dirty work uh, wherever and come here and just, you know, hide mm. out kind of. But they partied up and down West 7th Street. So we got in play to playing for them. The biggest tips and the biggest money I ever made was doing playing for them, the gangsters. So Augie gets a call about going on the road, and that's where... This high silver, six more months we're going on the road, baby, right? And so the bass player didn't want to go on the road, and that broke the band up. I got a $300 suit, a $100 hat, a pocket full of money, baby, where you think of that? I'm all through with you. I'm all through with you. So I started getting my own groups together. So I pieced it together with a guitar player and a drummer and myself. So I played Northeast Minneapolis, and that was tough playing that because we were, we were all Negroes, and that, that it wasn't so friendly. Up in Northeast? Northeast Minneapolis was not that friendly to us. And so we got into playing a, a place so I don't know, I, want to, I don't want to diss the people. <laughs> but anyway, and we were told, don't bring your friends and don't come down from the stage into the audience. When you get off the stage, you go in the back room. And, you know, I said, well, I want to play music, so hey. There was nothing that they could throw at me that I wasn't going to try to play some music. Yeah. So that's what I did until, of course, my friends came anyway. You yeah. know, oh, I want to see you play. You play. Of course. First, they, they told me right away, you know, oh, you can't be playing Northeast. I said, oh, yes, I am. No, you can't be playing there, you know, because they understood that better than I did. So they came, and the management came and talked to me after they left. And then, of course, my friends talked to me how bad they got treated and the whole thing. So... I finally got it to where none of my friends came to see me no more, but I had a good following, 
And what year? What year around? Aha! Uh-huh. I told you earlier in the conversation, it all runs together. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you <laughs> oh. did. I'll give you all my money. Tell me what more can I do? Get some more, get some more, get some more. <laughs> give you all my money. I keep playing all these little different spots, you know. And another thing that's been happening to me, if I play a spot two or three times, I end up getting a regular gig at that job. And I, I tell my people at Open Circle, my daycare center, that I go to on Monday and Wednesday, that I am a blessed dude. Mm-hmm. And so my whole life has been a blessing. And that all runs together. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so ever since then, I've been really a blessed dude. My favorite musician? Did you, you didn't ask me that. I'd love to know, though. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to know. Okay, okay. B.B. King. No kidding, yeah. B.B. King. Him and that guitar that he named Lucille. Yep. When he starts picking on that guitar and he starts playing those single note riffs and bending their strings, oh man. And he sings average blues, average blues singer. I mean, he's not fabulous, but average. But his words come out so clear. Mm-hmm. So this was a thing that I reminded me, enunciate. Said, here I am with no thesis, you know, and so I don't, I'm not supposed to be talking this clear, but I, I'm taking lessons from B.B. Enunciate. So it's just a marvelous thing, and that I have found my niche in the world to play music. Mm-hmm. I am not the greatest singer, I am not the greatest piano player. But I do have something that has been given me called soul. And once I start playing, I don't know, it, soul comes out and it just grabs people. How did you get the nickname Cornbread? Well, oh, I wrote a song called Cornbread. And uh, I would play it like at the ending of my song at the end of the night before I played my da 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 da. Yeah. And then, because I had to calm down because the Cornbread song is so raucous. I mean, I tell people when I get ready to play that, I said, put your earplugs in, <laughs> you know, because I'm usually playing at a, a supper club, a dinner place, or mm-hmm. lunch or something. And uh, I've been playing kind of quiet all night, see? And so now I told him, I'm gonna rev this thing up. You've been, you've been hearing them rock and rollers play? Or you haven't heard nothing yet. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna turn this thing up. In fact, I'm gonna yell. I'm gonna actually yell. And so they look at me like, yeah, sure. Cornbread in the morning. Every night, 
I've heard the cornbread song. I just wasn't sure if that was first or if cornbread, the nickname was first, but the song was first. The song was first. And then you got the nickname from playing the the song at the end of the track. From playing the song because they they used to come up and say, would you play your cornbread song? Cornbread. I love to go cornbread. Collard greens and cornbread. Black eyed peas and cornbread. Lobster tail and cornbread. Octails and cornbread. Cornbread Harris on Jazz 88's Live from Studio One. And Cornbread has a holiday show coming up on December 20th. It's at the Hook and Ladder Theater in South Minneapolis. This has been Live from Studio One. I'm Emily Reese. Our producer is Justice Sanchez. Live from Studio One on Jazz 88 is funded in part by the Legacy Amendments Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Cornbread, flat cooking and cornbread, pig feet and cornbread, dandelion and cornbread, pork chopped and cornbread, monkey hips and cornbread, baby cornbread. Inspectors like cornbread, nurses like cornbread, scientists like cornbread, doctors like cornbread, bookkeepers like cornbread, bartenders like cornbread, cab drivers like cornbread, truck drivers like cornbread, mailmen like cornbread, salespeople like cornbread, nutrition and cornbread. Disappearing like cornbread, Muslim people like cornbread, Presbyterian like cornbread, Lutheran folks like cornbread, Catholic people like cornbread, Methodists like cornbread, Seventh day like cornbread, Christian science like cornbread, Apostolic like cornbread, Beatniks like cornbread, Rastafari like cornbread. Buddhists like cornbread, hip cats like cornbread, truth folks like cornbread, baby cornbread, 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 I love you got cornbread, healthy folks eat cornbread, big lake from cornbread, pretty eyes from cornbread, big thighs from cornbread. 
Swingin' hip from cornbread, sweet lip from cornbread. Redheads like cornbread, brunette tricks like cornbread. Blonde bombers like cornbread, black hair goes with cornbread. Little girls like cornbread, big girls like cornbread, baby cornbread. Scooby-Dooby-Dooby-Scooby-Dooby-Dooby-Dooby-Dooby-Dooby-Dooby-Dooby-Dooby-Dooby-Dooby-Dooby-Dooby-Dooby-Dooby-Dooby-Dooby-